Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. And guys, we are about to chop it up with one of my favorite former guests. He is the host of the Eric Allen Show. And since he came on, he has achieved a whole lot of his goals, as well as becoming a John Maxwell certified speaker. So please welcome back to the show. Proud to say, my friend, Eric Allen. Welcome, pal. How are you doing? Come on, man. I'm doing awesome, dude. I'm so excited to be here, man. It's such an honor to be on your show again, dude. Man, I love the new look. I love the Thank new you. look. It's taken it's taken years off your life having that uh, having that beard trimmed down. Even right? though that, <laughs> that was kind of your signature at one time, though. What what's it like stepping out from behind the beard? What's that like? You know, it was it was crazy at first because I had it for about six years and surprised my wife. It was our 17 year anniversary. I said, I'm going to go have coffee with a buddy. Instead, I went to the barber shop and said, shave this puppy off, man. Wow. And came home with roses and knocked on the door and she opened it. And it was like the jaw dropping moment of like, oh, my gosh. Well, but it's been good, man. Dude, you didn't look bad at all with the beard. It was part of your signature. But I was like, man, Eric looks so much better. You look like a whole different person. And thanks again not that you were ever like down but it, it shaved a, a few years off me for sure though uh, you you've got you've got a whole new glow about you dude um oh thank you tell us a little bit about what's happened since you last came on the show because you're now a john maxwell certified speaker and, and coach and i know that was big on your goal list when we last talked was was getting out into that uh coaching world but talk us through what's been going on dude Man, yeah, 2022, I set a goal to, to be a coach. I didn't want to just call myself a coach, though. I wanted to actually go out and go through a program, get certified, and there's tons of coaching programs out there. Mm -hmm. So I was doing a lot of research, and I just really aligned with John Maxwell and his values and his beliefs, and I said, man, I'm going all in with John Maxwell, and uh, they have a really great training program of you know learning how to speak and what to say and how to pause and things like that. And so I just went all in with that, man, and, and finished that officially in August of last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, man, just kicking butt with the, the podcast still. I have a podcast course now, so I coach folks on how to launch a podcast, how to book those big names, and just you know, continuing to grow the show. I just had probably one of my biggest dream guests on my show. Last week, I spoke with John Gordon, and oh, wow. that show is going to episode uh, drop in just a couple of weeks. But man, it was such an honor to have him on my show. So let me ask you this, Eric, how long has it taken you to become an overnight success? <laughs> man, I started podcasting in 2017. Wow. And I launched my company, Top Rated MMA, in 2012. And I ran that thing for nine years before I, I had shut that down officially, but launched the Eric Allen show officially 2019, but really started this podcast thing 2017. They didn't have any idea what I was doing. I was in a walk-in closet and, you know, bad lighting, bad microphone, and didn't even look into the camera, you know, mm -hmm. so. That, 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 that's how I feel right now. I'm, I'm, I'm camping. Um, I'm, I've relocated to my front room while I uh, okay. while I get another a studio space. So my lighting is all off. It's driving me up the wall, not knowing how to look at the camera. I can't make eye contact, but uh, I know it's only temporary while I'm hanging out here because yeah. I did a very similar thing to you. I, I stepped away from something that was working like your MMA podcast, and I went all in on you know, becoming the small business surgeon. What was it like for you going through the process of, of leaving something good to go then to work on something great what was that like for you 
it was actually a big weight off my shoulders, man. Like it probably the last six months or, or to a year even that I was doing top rated May, mm-hmm. I kind of felt like it was a burden on me because I was releasing two podcasts a week, every Friday and every Saturday. I was releasing one of each show. Right. And it just started to build up on me. And and I would say I almost hit this burnout marker, at, you know, at the end of 2021. And I said, man, I, I don't want to do that. Also 2021, if we back up a little bit, I, I was a guest on 117 other podcasts wow. on top of releasing a hundred of my own shows that year guys that is that is serious work guys that is a lot uh, of work <laughs> it, was, it was pretty crazy man so i got into early 2022 and i didn't do any shows or anything for the first three months i just recorded my my you know my my podcast course but really you know that that emotion of just going all in on the eric allen show was a flip of the switch i was like okay we're done. I've got that off my back and we're going all in. We're going to make a bigger impact. We're going to draw as many big names to the show as we can. And we're not going to slow down. And so I release about 50 to 52 shows per year. Now my podcast. So you're just down to that weekly schedule. Yeah, just we, a weekly. Yeah. See, I, I run bi-weekly and on these, on these Friday fires, dude, I, I, th- I keep thinking I've run out of stuff to say. Like it's, it's been, it's been three, <laughs> it's been three freaking years. I've been saying the same thing for three years. <laughs> like Come on, man. That's awesome, though. I don't know. I, I sometimes wonder if people actually, uh, I, know, I know they listen, but I don't think they pay attention. They keep, they keep going back and listening again and listening again. And oh, what, you're doing awesome, man. What is it that you do as now a, a coach and a certified speaker? What is it? Right now. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to ask you, what, what is it you do that moves people to take in action and staying consistent? Because one, mm. one of the biggest problems I come across is breeding consistency and discipline inside of a group in order to help them get to results. So how do you work through that? And I think it's really about being that example for people that are hitting that inconsistency level where they might release two or three shows and then they stop. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think the last average that I saw online was like most podcasters never make it past episode seven, right? And I was so, as low as that now. I, as low as that. Ins- yeah. yeah, it's just crazy, man. So... I think we can be an example of just being consistent. I'm very non-negotiable when it comes to my morning routines and, mm-hmm. and making sure that I do release that show every week. Um, you know, and I've got a, po- a podcast group on Facebook that I just, you know, I try to connect new podcasters with experienced podcasters so they can just drop all the questions in there that they want. And, you know, some of us experienced podcasters can jump in, but I think really just to inspire people to be consistent is you have to have that strong why, right? right Don't get right. into podcasting to, be the next Joe Rogan or the next, you know, whatever. Be Get in podcasting because you want to do it because you love it. Mm-hmm. And I also looked at podcasting a little bit differently where I now talk about like podcasting is a legacy thing for me. Yeah. Right? I, I yeah. wish that I could go three, four generations deep and see and hear my great, great, great grandfather. Oh, wouldn't that but be I cool? Can't. Yeah. But man, it would have been cool. But now four or five generations deep forever, they can come back and see Grandpa Eric chatting on the phone and that is really cool hear my voice man and so i just want to i just want to push that to people like even if you don't go out and like be successful quote unquote in a podcast at least release your story at least record your story yeah dude like that that's so funny because legacy media has has become more and more of a common thing for for video companies to go out and capture and they'll sit and interview the the old patriarchs of the family and, yeah. the, and the matriarchs that run it all. And, you know, my dad often said, he's like, oh, I wish I could have recorded your granddad. Cause he knew who everybody was. And that, mm-hmm. that knowledge gets lost over generations, but you yeah. did, 
You did touch on something that I want to just underline real quick. Yeah. You said, don't try to be the next Joe Rogan. Just get your story out. And I'm like, yeah, just be the first Eric Allen. Like, yeah. You don't, you don't got to be Joe Rogan. You're you and you appeal uniquely to your audience. And, and yeah. one of the things that I find, because I, I don't actively tell people to start podcasts, but it does, it does happen within my, within my coaching and within my realm. Sure. You know, one of the things I tell them is to, it doesn't matter like who you're trying to get. It matters that you put your story out and you will attract the people that resonate with you and yeah. nobody else matters. Like just, just put it out and let the people that resonate hear it because somebody needs your message. So important. So important on that, man. I mean, I'm 43. I didn't share my story till I was 39. Like I held on to that. But once I was able to like put that story out there, it was, number one, it was a huge weight off my shoulder. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I started to get DMs and messages from people like, man, thank you for sharing your story. I had a similar story and you just helped me get out of this or helped me get away from that toxic relationship. Right, and not right. that I need that feedback, but if I can impact one person by sharing my story, then it's worth it for me. Dude, that's kind of the point. That is kind of the point. Just, just impact one, two, five, ten. It becomes many. Just yeah. What, what you forget as a forty-three-year-old, uh, you know, I'm, I'm forty-two. I'm right behind you. What we forget is that there are twenty-year-olds and thirty-year-olds going through the problems that we've already solved, and that yeah. we, we can help them through it. And to what we feel as though this is just a normal part of life, to them, that's you know, irreplaceable experience and, and life knowledge. And um, I wanted to touch on that because before the show, we were talking about, you know, what happens as you get older and, and, and the <laughs> yeah. creaks and stuff. Tell us about the, the changes you've made in your diet now turning into your 40s and, uh, and what's going on. Because I think that a lot of guys are, uh, we, we, we still talk about it as, as taboo when it's time to go to the doctor and get blood work done. And I think now as guys in our 40s, it's important that we let people know that it, it's time to go get checked up. A hundred percent, man. I, I avoided the doctor at all costs throughout my life. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I, <laughs> the, I, what do they call I've that? Been... The Republican healthcare plan. Just don't totally get sick. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I just, I've never had a stitch. I've never broken a bone. Like I just said, I'm not going to go. And I should have had stitches many times, but right. I'm a, a big user of Neosporin and some band-aids, right? Mm -hmm. Like just close yeah. it up. It's all good. Yeah. But when I hit 40, I really started to like see some, well, I, I finally went to the doctor, right? Like, oh, your cholesterol is like really high. You should right. probably take some medicine. So I, I did that for about two years and that really got me fired up to start to lose weight. And I went from 199 to 169 and I was in super great health and I was able to get off those meds. And then I, as I hit 42 last year, I had injured my foot. I got plantar fasciitis in my foot and I couldn't work out as much as I really wanted to. Mm. And I use that as an excuse yeah. to just do nothing. It's so easy and, though. Oh, it's yeah. so easy to just fall off that wagon. <laughs> oh, and it just, I mean, I bubbled up to 205, man. And, no way. And so I, I just, I got lazy. I was eating really bad. And like, I love sweets, man. At the end of the night, I want chocolate. I want ice cream. Like, what can I feed into my, my stomach? You know? Grapes, grapes, dude. Oh. Grapes. I'm serious, <laughs> man. I'm serious. Yeah. I, I, I do the same thing. I love ice cream and chocolate late at night, um, you know, yeah. and 
And my, I switched it out for little grapes. Man. Come on. <laughs> my grape bill is really high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is. It's it, a, they're, they're just a little, little sweet snack that you can have because I, 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 I fall victim to that. What yeah. is it about crossing 40 that when you walk past like a plate of food, you gain weight just from walking past the food? Totally. I feel like I did, man. And it's way harder to lose the weight it when you're is. after 40. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm on day 10 of cutting out all sweets right now. Um, and so I, I, I'm, you know, I've got a trainer, my, my, my buddy Craig Feistner here in Coeur d'Alene, he owns CDA one-on-one fitness and he's a coach and gym owner and amazing fitness guy. He's got me on his app and, you know, he sends me all the workouts mm-hmm. and I'm literally following everything he sends me. Like you tell me when to jump, I'm jumping. You tell me what, when to work out, I'm doing it. Right. And just in the last 10 days, I've lost four pounds. I'm, I'm feeling better than I ever have. I'm peeing like all the time oh. because he's got me drinking a gallon of water every day. Right. <laughs> the, to, I'm, like we were laughing about this before the show, but like literally on my, on my desk, only thing on my desk, coffee and water. That's, that's it. I drink so yeah. much of that stuff. And, and like, just, man, I think that it's so easy for guys to go through their twenties and thirties and treat everything like a dumpster fire because you just heal naturally. And I yeah. think the forties, <laughs> like I had, I had a buddy the other week have a heart attack and I have a, I have another buddy had a stroke and you're just like, wow, where did that come from? Yeah. Um, you know, and I think we, it's far too easy to say, I, I feel all right. I'm not going to take a look, but you know, I had very similar results when I went to the doctor a very similar high cholesterol, even though I've got a relatively clean diet and had to mm-hmm. cut some stuff out. But one thing I found is by tracking my activities every single day, by writing them down, I can see where I'm whacking. And dude, every time work gets crazy or, you know, there's, there's any kind of pressure in my schedule, working out's the first thing that I skip. And so mm-hmm. in order to rectify that, I knew I needed help in tracking it. So I went and hired a trainer too. Like, okay. you yeah. know, it's, it's very similar, like what what we've gone and done. But I think once you turn 40, there's a lot more impetus on how do I stay alive? Um, no. <laughs> it's like, like you said, man, once you turn 40, I think it, <laughs> it, it was an eye opener. I'll tell you, last year I was in a men's group a mentorship group. It was a 12 month long program that I was in with some guys from the church that I go to. And the very first homework assignment that I had that we started in January of last year was to write our own obituary. Oh, wow. And I will tell you that that woke my soul up, dude. I mean, here I am writing my own obituary at four 30 in the morning. And I'm like, booger crying because I'm realizing as I write this thing, I'm not living up to what I want my obituary to read. Oh, dude. And it was eye-opening. And, you know, even, like, even today, like, I'm in a mastermind group with an awesome friend of mine, also named Eric, uh, and his name is Eric Rock. And, and, you know, we're talking about death is coming. Like, we have to be aware that it's coming. And we have to write down all these goals and this flow state. And the things that I wrote down that were most important to me right now is, I want to, one, I want to hit 60 years married to my wife. Now we're eight or we've been married 18 years right now. Right. So 60 years I want to hit. I want to I want to live to see both my kids get married. And if I'm not watching my diet and I'm not watching my health, I'm not going to hit those numbers. Mm-hmm. And so it was just eye-opening just in the last couple of weeks, even that man, I got to get my crap together and start getting in the best shape of my life. You know, um that that trigger went off in me a couple of months ago too. And and it wasn't that I was writing my own obituary, I was thinking about writing one for a friend. Um, okay. and, and 
you know the, the things I was having to come up with for that were were very yeah. reflective on my own life and yeah. I think when you realize that there's a finish line to this and, and we don't know where the finish line is it, it, it all of a sudden um in my life I have my goals written down I have my I am statement written down and if it's not a part of that it doesn't get done mm-hmm. you know everything else is cut off but I never once thought to write my own obituary dude never once did it, did it say you were cool or did it really make you did, did it really make you say you know what if i'm going to be the ultimate version of me i got i really got to get my shit together i wrote it as if i had met the ultimate best version of myself oh, and i and i started wow. to write that out right yeah and the dreams and the goals that i wanted to accomplish eric did this eric did that and i went i'm not on track to do those things If I want this obituary to read true, I've got to make some serious changes, man. And it was very powerful exercise. And and I just remember going, I have never thought about death like this before, but this is my wake up call. I'm not on track to be the best version of myself. I'm not on track to be the best father and husband. I got to make some changes. And, and man, it was so powerful. And I love that you, I I think you just went through like this, this tracking exercise, right? Like you track everything you do during the day. Right now. Yeah. I'm on day 26 of 90 and like, I don't want to segue. I don't want to get off topic here, but I'm doing it purely from what you said before about leading from the front and showing people what can be done. Um, You know, I've built multiple brands for people uh, and in order to become the small business surgeon, you know, I'm going in and I'm training people on what to do and how to post and how to talk and how to go after stuff. And I never once did it for small business surgeon because, yeah, it was just a side project. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I'm tracking everything for 90 days so I can see where I'm deficient. And already after day 24, I've known and I, I made this post yesterday exactly where my deficiencies come and exactly where I need to push harder and where I need to go to work. And it's, come on. I wouldn't have known that. Like my pad is right here. You're gonna hear some rattling while I pull it out from other stuff, but my pad is right here. And yeah. ev- every day I track all these, like, it, yeah, it takes me 15 minutes to fill out. Sure. But um, let me ask you what it is that you've done and what it is that you've implemented since mm-hmm. you, you, you wrote your obituary. What, what do you do on a daily basis? Because I know that most success just comes from discipline and routine over time. So what are some of the things that you make sure you do every day? Man, that's an area that I I love and it's a non-negotiable for me, but being 43, as soon as my eyes open in my mind, I immediately out loud say, thank you God for another day to see and hug and hold my family. Immediately feel that gratitude. Mm -hmm. And then I jump out of bed and make my bed and there's two wins for the day i'm alive and i made my bed right like the, that's a, every day are you right? kidding me dude <laughs> i make my bed every day like my, Come on, my, i never made my bed my entire fucking life <laughs> never <laughs> and that's, dude, that's, I, I i i get up i give gratitude i i go get ready brush my teeth on the way back out of the bathroom to get dressed i stop what i'm doing i make my bed every yeah. single day like it, it's immediate <laughs> you know i have to sneak out because i get up at about 4 4 30 in the morning still mm-hmm. and you know, I got to sneak out of bed while I'm still sleeping. But, you know, for me after that, I, right now it's going down to workout, whether that's a cardio or full workout. And then upstairs, it's really important for me to just get in the right mindset. And so for me, I turn on worship music and I spend time in prayer and I read my Bible. And then I spend some time journaling in this book. Well, I don't know if it's journaling, but I, I do write my goals, my to-do lists, my I am statement 
every single morning, I just repeat it over and over to myself. And then I read through that out loud. And for me, that really sets the tone. So that whole process of me getting to my office, turning on the music and being done with that journaling uh, is probably about 15 to 20 minutes. So I don't spend too much time, but I really, that helps set the tone for the entire day from there for me. Dude, I want to go back over that because you're up at 4.30. Like, yeah, 4, 4.30. Mm, I'm up at 4.45 to 4.50. Just depends. Uh, yeah. First thing I do is go work out. The next thing I do is drink a cup of coffee and sit for a minute and start writing my notes and thinking about my day. And like, it's like we went to the same school. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> what, what I want to get at is like, by the time we're done and showered and ready to start our work day, it's 7, 7.30, whatever it is. Yep. Totally. And we've already got like a two and a half to three hour jump on the rest of the population. Now, for so many years, dude, if I had to be at work at eight o'clock, I'd be getting out of bed at like 7.22 cause I knew I could <laughs> run past the shower, swill some mouthwash, bash some deodorant on and be at my desk by like 7.58. So I would yeah. time, I would time when I got up by how late I could sleep in until I had to be at my desk, until I had to go to work. And now, it, <laughs> now it's different. Um, yeah. I, 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 I want to ask you two questions. <clears throat> if you tracked everything, honestly, how many mornings would you do all of those things and get it right and not skip any of them out of the week? Would you do that seven days a week or do you, do you miss a couple of days? 100%. I, I, it's a non-negotiable for me to, to go through that process. Whether I am camping or on a business trip at the hotel in another state, I'm doing those same routine every morning. Now, the the wake up time might vary a little right, bit depending right. on where I'm at, right? But the routine when I wake up, wherever I'm at, it's immediately thank you God for another day to see mm -hmm. that I'll go with my family, make my bed, and then go right into prayer. Those three things are my non-negotiable. And you know, my wife thinks it's funny because when I go to a hotel. I'm unpacking my suitcase and I use the drawers in the room and I make sure that the, the, the room is clean and I make my hotel bed when I'm there. And I just like say, Hey, service can come when I'm not here. I don't need someone else mm -hmm. to make my bed for the day. Mm -hmm. I can make my bed. And so that's just that non-negotiable seven days a week. That's what I'm doing, man. That's what I love, dude. That's what I'm trying to get to people. Like it's, it's three or four little things, consistent yeah. discipline over time. And like people see you succeed and they think there must be this magic success button that you press and, and there isn't. It's just tracking these things over time and making sure you take time to, to start the day right. Because if you have a good morning, you have a good day, right? If you have a good yep. day, you can have a good week, a good week, a good month and, and so on. And it all starts. It all starts with that morning routine. So what else are some of the things that you track and that you keep track of during your work day in order to really stay optimized and keep moving towards your goals? You know, for me, I, I do need to do better at tracking more. Like I don't wear a smartwatch or anything like that, right? Like right. I, I don't keep track of any of that though. You know, that's something that I'm, I'm working towards getting another one. I broke two Apple watches over the I last hate, few years. Dude, I hate when my watch is smarter than I am. Like, mm. totally. <laughs> my wife is very good at tracking her sleep and tracking her heart rate and things like mm -hmm. that. She uses the Apple watch and, and I just, I haven't gone there yet. So I, I want to do a better job of tracking on that. But, um, you know, for me, I, I track the amount of people that I'm impacting. So mm. over the last probably three months, I really started to dive into my YouTube and 
I wanted to understand like how many people are actually subscribing to my show? How many people mm-hmm. are watching my, my shorts? So every day I upload a quick quote over a moving video mm-hmm. and it's just a 30 second video and it's just an inspirational quote. And I started doing that. I think I've done maybe 120 of them. So I do about a day, uh, one a day and some of them will get no views. And then some of them will blow up to over a thousand. Dude, I was fixing so- sh- I was gonna say that, dude. I haven't figured that <laughs> shit out at all. Like I've got I've got so- I've got reels with two views, I've got reels with two thousand views. I've no idea. I keep I keep experimenting with hashtags and timing. Yeah. Dude, it's that- I've no idea. Some of them blow up and some of them just like mm-mm. It's yeah. So I'm really pushing on tracking that. Like I right now, I think I'm averaging about 40 to 50 new subscribers per month. Oh wow, that's, and, that's good. Good little. Clip and there. so yeah, I mean, my goal is to get to a thousand. I'm not quite there. I'm about a little over 750 right now, and and hopefully we'll get to a thousand by the end of the year. That's the goal. But you know, just the bigger the impact, man. Like I I don't look at YouTube being a monetization thing. It's just. I know that if people are watching my shorts, then hopefully it made an impact. And mm-hmm. I see that through the comments that come through, yeah. man, thank you for posting this. Oh, I needed that today. Like that type of stuff. That's what I track. Other than that, I'm really diving into my email, making sure that I'm taking care of my personal clients from, you know, video content creation and things like that, that I happen to be working on with clients. Dude, I want to ask you this. Cause uh, you know, there's, there's an old saying in the industry that your mess becomes your message. Oh, come on. <laughs> I get I get far more interaction and feedback when I post about having been an alcoholic and you know what it's like being sober and it's so far removed from me now because I'm 6 years sober I don't even think about it I don't even think about being an alcoholic I don't even think about that story or that part of my life and yet I get far more interaction on those subjects than I get on, you know, here's how to set up a CRM. You know, I might have three people watch that, but I have 3,000 people resonate with me about alcohol. Do you find that people resonate with you more when you start talking about authentic Eric or more when you start giving them specific action items to focus on? Well, first of all, I want to say congratulations to you, man, on six years sober. That's huge, dude. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, dude, that's a, that's a huge accomplishment, man. You should. I'm I'm very proud of you, brother. Um, I think people like people that are real and authentic and transparent. And I don't try to come out and say I'm a millionaire and stand in front of my rented car, or rented house, or you know, I don't come out and say I'm a full time entrepreneur. I'm not. I still work. I still work a full time job, mm-hmm. but I do this on the side because this is my passion. This is my purpose to make an impact, man. Amen. And I think. When we're real with people, that's what connects with them. Because there are people, no matter how crazy of a story you think you have, there are people out there that have gone through something similar and it will connect with them. Mm -hmm. And the more that I can share about the broken home that I grew up in and the fight that I had to have when I was 13 and the jail at 18 and the bankrupt at 21 and the drug and alcohol addiction, the more people will go, man, how did he get sober? How did he break away from that? Mm-hmm. And that's when people start reaching out to me. And I just want to say like, look, if you are going through any of that, just realize that your past and other people's opinions of you don't define your future. And if you want to make a change in your life, you just have to decide to do it. And then you take massive action to do it and, and surround yourself with people that are living the life that you want to live, connect with people that are sober, connect with people that have great businesses, great marriages, right? And surround yourself with them. And just being in their presence is going to lift you up and motivate you to be a hundred times better than you were before. Dude, I, I couldn't agree more. Like, it, it's so important that you surround yourself with people that are where you want to go. Yeah. Um, like, 
But I want you to think back to when you were 21, 22, 23, and you knew everything. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and you were invincible. And guys in their 40s were just old and out of touch, and they didn't really know what's up. Yeah. What do we say to the 20-year-old kids that are drinking too much, that mm. are running off the rails? What, what do we say to them? Because, like... I drank too much and was so far off the rails that I never thought I'd come back. And yet here I yeah. am now. And you certainly went through your ups and downs with, with the jail and, and, and the bankruptcy and everything. What do, we say yeah. to, what do we say to those kids that aren't quite ready to listen yet? Man, it's such, a it's such a tough question because I think when we're in our early 20s, like you said, we know everything and we want to go out and experience the world and we want to get around, you know, the, the hottest girl out there, right? And be at the biggest parties. And here's the thing, man, none of it's worth it. Oh, you know, God, I wish yes. I could go back and, and I would have started focusing on my entrepreneurship and my business in my early 20s instead of my late 30s, mm -hmm. right? Like I'd be in a whole different position of life if I started focusing on my entrepreneurship and dialing in at that time, right? There's all these people out there say, well, I can't afford a home. I can't do this because I don't have the money. But then they're going out and they're partying yeah. and they're going out to, you know, like I love music. I love concerts, but I haven't been to a concert in several years because I've taken that money and I focused on building my business and building up my family. Yeah. So you have to choose your priorities. And I, man, I'm telling you right now, if you're in your twenties and you're partying every night and you're like, man, I'm never going to be able to pay my college debt back. <laughs> One, you don't need to go to college, but two, yeah. quit drinking and partying and just focus on building up a business, man. Dude, I couldn't have said it more. And the, the cool thing is now there's never been, this level of resources. I mean, yeah. I remember having to go to the library. Like the first, the first course I ever bought was um, it was Carlton Sheets, uh, no money down real estate course. And I had the same one, dude. Dude, no way! I bought it on my <laughs> one year anniversary. My wife and I were sitting in a hotel room, late night TV. There's mm -hmm. Carlton Sheets, dude. I gotta buy that. I was like, okay, go for it. I never even opened the damn thing. <laughs> you, maybe I got your copy. Maybe I got your copy. Because I was shopping, I was I was painting houses. So I'm a you know fourth generation painter from England, and it's a whole different yeah. skill set in England. But I was painting houses in my early twenties, and I'd watch him late at night on TV. And there's no way I called in, and it was like a thousand dollars or something. I'm like, you might, you might as well have said a million bucks. Give me a kidney or some shit. Yeah. And I was at Goodwill because I would I would go through clothes. I would tear through clothes, and I was at Goodwill buying blue jeans. Because uh, they were cheap there, and this course, this no money down real estate course, it was on the shelf at Goodwill for ten bucks, and it was vacuum sealed. It was brand wow. new, dude. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's the first course I bought in my twenties. Um, I didn't go to to college either. I'm a huge believer though in in continuing education. Like you've oh totally with with all yeah. the resources now. Like we had to go to the library and look shit up. And now, dude, if you pay five grand to a guy and get in his coaching program and hang out with him for six months and learn from him and learn from his network, you can learn more off of that five grand than, than you could in a, a year going to the library, man. It's, it, it's insane what we've got available to us. It's huge. You have to invest in yourself. And I've been scared to take that investment, you know, to, to make that investment myself. And even the, the new mastermind that I'm in right now, it was a stretch for me financially mm -hmm. to get into this thing. It always thing. is, man. Yeah. But I knew getting into it, it was going to be open up massive opportunities. And, um, you know, when I had the opportunity to speak with Ed Milet, man, that guy changed my life with one acronym. As I was sitting there talking with him and he's like, Eric, I want you to remember canny, constant and never ending improvement. Like 
always be improving on yeah. whatever it is that you're going for. And it was an eye opener for me. And I wasn't in the, the, like, I was just starting my, my kind of entrepreneurial journey. I mean, I shoot, I had episode 12 was I had my letter, my podcast and episode 215 just dropped this morning. You right. Know? So right. You've been doing it a while, but that, that one comment that he sent to me really lit a fire into my butt, man. Yeah. So say that again, constant and never ending improvement. Canny. Yep. C-A-N-I. Yeah. Constant and never ending improvement. Yeah, I love that because that's all we do is just try to be 1% better. You know, yeah. like I, <laughs> I got a chance to be a part of a postgrad program. So I'm doing that right now. And um, okay. I'm regretting the chance to be 1% better. I'm thinking I was okay where I was. Like I had no idea how hard college math was. Like, <laughs> oh, I can't imagine. My daughter's in sixth grade. And I can't dude, even do the math. So like, being in college, <laughs> the guys, the guys, like, oh, well, this is just, this is just, uh, this just adds on to what you learned in high school. So just, if you're having any problems, just review your high school notes and go from there. And I was like, I played drums in high school. <laughs> I, was, on, I assure you, I was nowhere near the math room in high school. Nowhere near yeah. it. You couldn't keep me in there. <laughs> totally. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, continuing education. So tell us, Eric, like I've spent, like, believe it or not, you know, you, you can because you're in the industry, but I've spent well over six figures on coaching. Mm. What are some of the best coaching programs you've been a part of? What's some of the best return on investment that you've had from investing in yourself? Mm. I, I, I think the... One of the the first programs that I really, really, really went all in on was Greg Reed. And if you don't know who he is, he wrote the book Three Feet from Gold. It was the follow-up oh. to Think and Grow Rich. Okay, yeah. And I met Greg through the old app Clubhouse. <laughs> and, Isn't that funny how that's old now? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I remember when it came I, out, everybody's handing out their invites and get on totally. Clubhouse. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but so I met Greg through Clubhouse and such an amazing guy and he's got this event called secret knock and it's basically an invite only process and it costs i don't know it was i think it was three grand at the time to go and that was a massive stretch i mean i because i make a salary but i don't use any money for my salary in my business right so it's all generated in the business through podcasting and things like that and he said eric if you can make a payment if you get if you can pay it in full uh by this date i think it was like two months time then I'll give you a free ticket to Prosperity Camp, mm -hmm. which Prosperity Camp is an invite only also, but it's only 50 people and it's at his personal home for two days. And I thought, man, I can't miss this opportunity. So I, I scrounged up and I remember I was hustling, dude. Whatever side job I could do, I was taking it, man. And I end up making this payment and I fly down to Carlsbad, California using air miles. I stayed at a Motel 6, which was in the deepest ghetto mm -hmm. like the guy across the street's like you're staying at that motel six bro watch your back like <laughs> that type of area like yeah, and it's, I was... <laughs> it's it's so it's it's the same when we start out dude i remember doing the exact same thing scraping pennies together and be like yeah i just drive into town uh well you know drive right on past the hilton where the event's at and just keep going till you go past the mcdonald's and the taco bell and you're you're a little bit closer to the la quinta you know <laughs> yeah and i'll tell you though that event it stretched me I traveled there and back. I stayed at my hotel for less than 600 bucks. I barely ate any food. I mean, I was, I, I was just going to go. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about this event was there's 50 people there. 49 of them are millionaires. Right. I'm the one, mm -hmm. right? Like I go there and I'm like ready to sponge up and learn everything I can. The cool thing about that event is I, that, that value that I spent to get to that event, that prosperity camp, 
I met and networked with some of my closest friends. And one of the first guys that I met is an old guy. I walk in, he's sitting by himself. He's drinking a cup of coffee in there and he's just by himself. No one's talking to him. And I go, man, I want to go talk to this guy. So I sit down, we start chatting up super cool guy. And I'm like, by the way, man, what's your name? He goes, Oh, um, now I just drew a blank on his darn name, dude. Uh, <laughs> I literally just drew, a, of course I would draw a blank right now. Um, anyways, we're chatting. Turns out he's the founder of E Entertainment Channel. You know, like me and him just chatted up. Super cool guy. And I don't know why I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name now, but it was such a, a cool experience. And then met some other people that have been on my podcast mm-hmm. and I've worked with since. But that one event, what Greg Greek has, Secret Knock of Prosperity Camp, man, if you've never been, I would highly recommend checking out. He's such a great guy. I've wrote it down now. Um, but it, it's back to... It's back to what you were saying earlier about who you surround yourself with and the people yes. that you're closest with. You know, if you can't afford to be in the room, maybe you could go serve the water in the room. Maybe you could go be yes. a waiter in the room. Maybe you could go be a fly on the wall in the room. But man, so important. getting in those rooms, I mean, and it's done more for my career being in those rooms and being in those networks and those groups than it ever did, you know, having a job or, or, or you know, being here in town doing doing the local stuff it's always been the national groups where you're surrounded with the seven and eight and even nine figure guys um that that you make the you make the progress at so anyway back to being a certified speaker because um yeah you know i'm i'm cognizant of the time we're clipping through the interview so back to being a certified speaker um I want to know what the future for eric allen looks like and uh, what your plans are for the next year coming up Man, so I've done the podcast thing for the last seven years, six and a half years. And and I'll tell you, I love doing this and I'll continue to do this. But the speaker side of things, I'm really excited about. I, I've done a few speaking gigs, mm-hmm. but my my like passion is to get out and share my story and hopefully lift somebody up. And so I'm going all in on a speaking business. Uh, I got an LLC about a month ago. And we're, I'm going through training. Like, I want to go, I don't want to just get out there and, and say, oh, I'm a speaker. Like, I went through the training, which is great through John Maxwell, but the experience is lacking there for me. So me, I want to get out and speak in front of people as much as I can. Uh, I'm joining the local Toastmasters um, Association here. And then just the people that are working in my mastermind now are, are going to be giving me opportunities to be able to speak. And over the next year, I want to be able to walk away from a full-time gig and just be a full-on speaker and coach and podcaster making an impact of what I really feel is I'm passionate about and my purpose, man. Oh, man, speak that into existence. I guarantee that within the next year, you'll be doing this full-time, dude. Like, you, you've got what it takes and you're doing the work, you know? I appreciate it, man. How does it feel when you engage with an audience and you see somebody, you see somebody where the lights go on? Tell me about mm. that feeling. Man, I think that's so huge. When you when you see that somebody actually connects with you and then it makes that impact, whether that's an impact of, man, I'm walking away from this relationship or it's an impact of like, man, I got to start changing my health or changing the way I do business. It, it's massive as a speaker and a podcaster. And when I get the DMs from someone who heard my, a guest on my show say something that impacted them, it's huge for me. Like, I don't like to brag and go, Oh man, I got like all these DMS, but (laughs) it's so good to hear those people when they reach out and go, man, thank you for putting that show out. Or thank you for that content out, man. As a speaker and a podcaster. And and again, I haven't done too much public speaking. I've done some, but 
I like to connect with those people. And when I see those lights come on, man, that it really lights me up inside. And, and it, it's like almost a confirmation. Like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. It, feel, like, it feels good. This is what man. I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they say if you wanna if you wanna feel joy and feel happiness, the the best thing you can do is give it to other people, you know? Yes. So yeah. like I always try and I always try and get rid of a smile. You ever tried to get rid of a smile? <laughs> <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough. You I know. Can't do that, man. You can't get rid of it. it. It comes right back and it's it's fun at the park to do when you you got the, the joggers going round and round and round, you just stop and say good morning. I think it, it puts them off their stride a little bit. Totally. It's a daily goal of mine to put a smile on someone's face every day, whether that's in person or online. Like I want to make sure that someone's smiling because you just never know what people are going through. And when I'm at the store or a restaurant and someone's got a name tag on, I want to call them by their name. And it's interesting when you call them by their name, people love to hear that. And you just see this smile come up on their face because someone actually acknowledged them. Yeah. And you see almost a shock, like, Whoa, he just called me by my name. The name tag's not there so you can be the next Karen and go complain. Mm -hmm. Like it's there so you can call them by their name, man, and lift somebody up every day. Oh, God, I love that. I love that. And you know, it it seems to be the the way societies just go in is that we we walk inside our houses, we close our doors, we look at our phones, and you know, especially people in the service industry, man, we kind of take them a little bit for granted. And yeah. I've I've walked away from business deals and I've walked away from potential relationships based on how people treat servers and how they treat people that are beneath them, so to speak, in, uh, 100%. in, in public, man. It's a shame that happens, but man, I, I love that. Uh, yeah. you, you, get, you get your joy from giving out joy, giving out happiness to other people. And uh, yeah. you really do never know what the next guy at the at the supermarket is going for. Yeah. Sorry, going through. Anyway, so we're going to move on again. I want to know about the books that you are reading right now because I know that continuing education and lifelong learning is a priority for you. Share with us some good books that you're reading, either fiction or nonfiction or business, anything that you've gotten into recently. Yeah. I mean, for me, man, I've been reading John Gordon's new book called The One Truth, and it actually doesn't even come out till uh, June 26, I think, is when it drops. Uh, but I pre-ordered it, and I was able to get a digital copy of it and started reading it before I had him on the show. And man, it was just what he talks about is is empowering your mind because there's this low state of mind and there's this high state of mind and how do we get into that high state of mind so that book right now uh the one truth i'm not quite done with it yet it's such a great book though so far and the other book i just um started reading as well i kind of a combination between a couple books but it's banana ball by jesse cole he's the owner of the savannah bananas team uh out there that's just blowing up and changing okay. the world man i need to and check that out it, it talks about the story of how banana ball, how the Savannah bananas came together and what his focus on is fans first entertainment always. And it's just a unique mindset. When you go to a ball game, you're used to like paying for all $20 mm -hmm. for a hot dog, yeah, yeah. $50 for a drink and a hundred dollars for a ticket. His tickets for his games in Savannah are 25 bucks and they're all inclusive, which means when you get in there, you get all you can eat hot dogs, fries, wow. burgers, drinks, whatever it is. You got to pay for the alcohol, but the rest of it is all free. And the experience that he gives people. Now, they've sold out every game since they launched in 2015. No kidding. And they have a wait list of 650,000 people 
to be on their to get tickets to their 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 game. Tell me the it's name insane. of that book. Tell me the name of that book. I want to write called, that down. It's called Banana Ball. So here's a life hack for you guys. Um, right here. This is the book. If here's a life hack for the guys. It's Banana Ball by Jesse Cole. If you have a podcast. Yep and you're interviewing guests that you respect, ask them what books they're into, and then write that down and go and read those books. And that's it's so good. That, that, that's exactly that's a great what I question I, I, to ask. I get, free, <laughs> I get free book recommendations from guys. So I want to touch for a minute on John Gordon and the one truth. Yeah. You, you said yeah. elevating your mindset, okay? Yeah. Now, I believe that you and I, even though we were separated by uh, a continent and an ocean, I still believe we had similar blue-collar upbringings. Yes, and yeah. A lot of listeners to the show, um, the traditional path, blue collar, work for a bit, get the skill set, start a business, everything. So most of us grew up working class. And there's a huge stigma in the working class about mindset and positivity and energy and that kind of woo-woo, kind of hippie stuff. How yeah. old? How old were you when you allowed that way of thinking into your consciousness and when you finally just stopped being blue collar and accepted that maybe the hippies were right because <laughs> no, i've i've been through this process a yeah. lot of our listeners are blue collar and one yeah. thing i struggle with immediately when i'm onboarding new clients is getting them to lean into the mindset and spiritual side of this because Dude, the, the business world, the entrepreneur world, your business is, is an extension of you as a person. And, mm. and a lot of the flaws within business are coming from inside of the owners and the operators. You know, what was that like for you making a transition from blue collar, like this is a bunch of hippie crap, to actually understanding that we are just energies? What was that like? You know, for me, I mean, I grew up listening to Tony Robbins on cassette, right? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> if people are like, what the hell is a cassette, right? But, like, that's what I grew up on listening to Tony Robbins as a kid. Though I walked away from that mindset for a long time, and I became the the hippie in high school where I was smoking a lot of weed, and I was, you know, taking mushrooms and acid and all of that stuff to mm -hmm. clear my mind and, and be peaceful. But in, down deep inside, man, I was in a dark circle of just depression, right? And it wasn't until... For me personally, uh, a little over 18 years ago, when I gave my life to Christ, that I, my eyes really opened to, you know, there's more to this life than just being depressed and partying. And I started to go, it's not my job to judge anybody. My job is just to love people where they're at. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you identify as a toaster. <laughs> if you're not hurting yourself or you're, or you're hurting someone else, then I don't care what you want to identify as. Right. But like... I think it was around 18 years ago where I really started to go, I just want to love people where they're at. I don't care what you believe in, your religion, or any of that. That's not my job. My job is just to love you where you're at and go with the flow, man. Because I think that as we go through life, we can get angry at politics and we can get angry at the news and all this crap that they bombard us with. Mm -hmm. Or we can go... My job is to love these guys. Everybody out here has a mission, a purpose on their life, whether they see it or not. My job is to help them, right? Dude. So I want to help lift them up and go, man, there's more to life than sitting there. There's more to life than being on your butt and watching TV all yes. day or playing video yes. games. Yes. I turned off the news 10 years ago and it yes. was the best thing I yes. ever did. Dude. And once I did that, man, it was like, holy crap, I've got this massive opportunity to make an impact on people. And again, man, like 
I don't want to judge anybody. I just want to love you where you're at. I want to help you with whatever I can. I'm definitely one of those guys. Like if I saw a kid in the street, right. And the car's coming, I'm going to jump in front of that car. I right. want to get that kid out of the way. Right. Yeah. I just want to help people, man. And, and it was about 10 years ago when I really started to, to feel that man, like go with the flow and everything happens for reason. Like, you know, Ed Milet says it, right. Life happens for us, not to us, man. And once I heard that from Ed, Oh gosh, man, it was like, Oh, let's do this, man. I I'm ready to rock and roll. dude. It, it really does. It really does. And every day we wake up is, is another day we get to go play the game. Yeah. I, I gamify life, man. That's the only way to do it is I, I look at it as like, how can I level up? Right. How, what things do I need to do in this level to get to the next level? Right. And, uh, you know, like I think back of like the Rio movie, like that little bird says, this, this, this isn't the level. The next level is the level, right? Like keep going, <laughs> man. You know, <laughs> dude. And it never ends. It never yeah, ends. Cause you get totally. to one level and you just, you're hanging out there and, um, you know, it's like, I, I've been comfortable at, at a certain financial level for the last few years. And I just, I just left that to go to the next financial level. You've got to leave the comfort zone, but I like the way you say gamify. And I've touched on that before on the show because especially in business, if you're going through something and you fail, it's important to take away the lessons from a failure and then go try play that level again. Because yes. by the time you get, it's like a beating a boss in a video game. And sometimes oh. you gotta go back to the start of the level, play the level again, try beat the boss again. But the minute you beat that boss, what happens? You get his weapon, you get his power-ups, you get his tools, and then you go fight the next level and you've already got the experience and the weapons and the tools to go beat the next level. Like, yes, dude. Just, <laughs> like if people could see life as a game and understand that Phelan was just running up against a boss and guess what? We woke up this morning, we've got an extra man, let's go. Like it, it yeah. like that's man. I once I got to that realization and, and and realized that losing was giving me the tools I needed to win, then I was far, far, far better at losing. Like this, oh. just... you nailed it, man. Like if we look at it like that video game where we're trying to beat the boss. I don't know how many times I've played the original Super Mario Brothers and would <laughs> die at the boss, and I'm like, damn it, and I go back through and do it again. I'm not gonna quit on life, man. I'm gonna keep going. Like I'm gonna fail, but I'm gonna keep going. And once I beat the boss, it's like I know how to do that. Yeah, I can do dude, the whole game now, right? Dude, like, like I would always fall off down. I would always fall down between <laughs> the pillars on Mario Brothers. I can never do the little bounce, and when there's got the gaps between the steps, I'd always fall down there. I, like no and then I'd, I'd go to the warp world and i'd be just like nope forget that right <laughs> but, so uh, <laughs> like i think there's a lot of, there's a lot of lessons to be learned from from mario brothers man you know you totally can, you, every time you fall down you got to get back up and uh don't step yep. don't step on turtles right yep oh yeah <laughs> come on all right, man, we got to round out the show here quick. We, we got a few minutes left, Eric, man. And uh, I know we already asked the one about going back in time and talking to the younger version of yourself, so we won't yeah. talk about that at all. But I want to know what the older version of Eric is going to say as he's sitting there 80 years old. What did you accomplish? And what are some of those things that you want to get checked off that list as you move forward? Man, that's a, that's a great question. Um, and it hits home for me, man, because I want to look back on my life and go, I stayed married to my wife. I was true to my wife and I was a good dad. And I got to see my kids get married and I got to see them have kids. And I was able to accomplish those two things, being a good husband and being a great dad. And, and 
yeah, do I want the property? I could look back and go, yeah, I had the property. It was cool. Mm-hmm. I fought hard for the property to, you know, I want to be able to pee off my front porch. And I did it many <laughs> times, right? Like I want the property where I don't have to worry about neighbors watching me pee off my front porch. So yeah, I could yeah. look back at 80 years old and go, I had the property. I was a great dad. I was a great husband. And I changed the legacy of my Allen tribe forever. Because see, my mission in life right now is to break the chains of abuse, uh, excuse me, divorce, abuse, rejection, and addiction. And those are all things that I experienced, but they're all things that my kids will never experience. Amen. And, and so my goal is to impact them in a way that they can go, hey, dad did that, but he stopped it and he fought for us to not have to experience that. Yeah. So as 80 years old, I want to look back and say, that's what I did. Dude. I changed the legacy of the Allen tribe for generations to come. Dude, what could be better than that, man? What could be better? Yeah. And, and you know, generations past, there's been a lot of Allens before you to get to this point, and you can yeah. be the one that puts the yes. marker down and, and sets the new standard, man. That's just, just incredible, dude. Thanks, man. And really, what more is there to life than being a great dad and a, a great partner and just a great human being? Yeah, yep, absolutely, man. I'd say you got it about nailed, mate. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it, man, yeah. All right, man. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the show, Eric. Dude, it's been wonderful having you on here, man. And you're welcome anytime you want to come back. Before we let you go, though, do me a favor and uh, tell the audience finally when your new book will be dropping, if you've got a date for that yet, because I'm going to put you on blast here and put you on the spot. Totally put me on blast. (laughs) And then then lastly, where they can follow you and where they can uh, find you on social media, dude, and get some of that Eric Allen show goodness. Come on, man. Uh, So right now the book is... 28,000, a little over 28,000 words. My goal is to have the first draft done in just a few weeks. Now, I've been told it takes about seven to eight rewrites uh, to actually get a published version. So my goal would be to have it done by the end of this year, to have that available for purchase by the end of this year. I signed a book deal uh, about a year ago, and I've been working on this book and, and really excited to release the book. It'll be focused on my story and my faith and leaving a legacy. And those are areas that are really important to me. And so that's what you can expect out of the book. But Eric Allen Media, it's E-R-I-K-A-L-L-E-N media.com is the website. And you can follow me on Instagram, just Eric G, like George Allen. And on YouTube, it's just Eric Allen Media. Those are my three kind of main sources of where I connect with people. And I respond to every DM and every comment. And if you have a question or a comment, man, drop it. I will respond to you, man. It's me. I don't have a team. It's just myself and I doing everything right now, man. That's awesome, man. And dude, so much love to you, brother. I am so proud of what you've accomplished from the first time we crossed paths, the first time we interviewed. You've grown so much. Well done with that. And uh, dude, I hope to have you on the show again here in a little bit. And uh, maybe after that book's out, we can uh, we can do some book promotion for you and uh, get the get the full scoop on the show, man. Thank you so Come much on. for coming on, Eric. It's been a pleasure, my friend. Oh, dude, truly an honor, man, friend, dude. Absolutely honored to call you friend, honored to be on your show, dude. People need to be listening to your show. You're making an impact to doing some awesome things, man. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode of the show. Do me a favor, run over to Eric's website, show him some love, share this show out, and uh, let's let Eric's message percolate through the small business surgeon audience, guys. All right, you'll be good. Stay safe and check in with me later this week for Friday Fire. Peace out.
This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week.